Big thanks to Now for sponsoring this pod. I've been really enjoying watching The Last of Us on Now. Have you been watching it? It's really good, isn't it? Second episode came out yesterday, and it's scary. It's very good. This is how good it is, right? That even my wife, the coward, right? I only call her that because she once hid behind her hands watching the BFG, right? She was terrified, and I found that very funny. Uh, even uh, my darling wife, Terry, the coward, uh, couldn't stop watching it. You know, scares and all, right? That's how good it is, how, how enthralling it is, right? But if that's not your bag, hey, guess what? They also got Golden Globe winning show, The White Lotus is on there, right? They've also got the greatest show of all time, did I stammer? The Sopranos is on there. In fact, it's the only spot you can watch Sopranos. So all of that and more available on now. All right, hi, hey, how you doing? Hey, how's things? Hey, I tell you, sorry about the uh, the voice here. You can call me Shergar. <laughs> Turned a bit of a motorbike there. You can call me Shergar because I'm a little horse. Well, actually, no, who would... Uh, actually, Noah, you know, the, 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 the horse that features in the artwork for this podcast? Uh, if you're on Spotify, I have not been able to figure out that whole Apple. <laughs> the Apple artwork is different, and I don't know how to change that, but whatever. Don't sweat the small stuff, eh? But it does. You should be seeing a little horse. Um, and his name is Noah. So you can call me Noah. Because I'm a little horse. <laughs> uh, today, uh, my voice is a little horse. Because um, I could be coming down with something. Or it could be um, the 9,000 cigarettes that I smoked on Friday. Which might have been. I was at a stag. Uh, and you can call me Thomas the Tank Engine. Because I was emitting a lot of smoke. <laughs> you know? Thomas the Train. Sorry, hashtag Thomas the Train. Change the name to Thomas the Train. They need to drop this whole tank engine thing. Um, drove essentially to Dingle and back to be for to be there for eight hours. <laughs> we were, you know, uh, yeah, I wrote, drove to a stag in Dingle. Um, I said, Terry, it's mate Jack stag. I want to go. I know the baby's whatever, six weeks old, and we have another baby. You can use, well, a toddler. So don't worry, I'm going to drop Sonny off at Mamaz. You look after the other one, if that's all right. And I'm only going to be gone. Trust me, it'll be blip, and I'll be back. Right? I'm just going for the first night of this stack, right? So I drove four, <laughs> four hours, you know, there. Um, and it was great. It was in a pub. So essentially, it was like being a lock-in for a whole day. <laughs> so then I went to bed. And then I got up and I drove four hours. Didn't even get to stop. Stop. Didn't even get to stop at Obama Plaza, my favorite place in the world. Um, didn't even get to stop at Obama Plaza in, in the stunning Money Gall um, County, um, Offaly, I want to say. Um, not even gonna go. You tell me. Correct me. Correct me in the, in the comments. You know. You know, to me, a dub that everywhere outside that M50, just big question marks. Big question marks on the map of Tony's mind <laughs> of Ireland, right? So um, so I drove there. And, you know, a lot of people be like, is that, he must be a really good mate. I'm like, he is. Oh, he's all right. You know, we get on well. <laughs> we get on well, you know. If I was telling a yank that, I was like, let me tell you. Let me tell you how much the paddies love a goddamn piss up, right? If I were to tell you 
that I drove across the country, if I drove west across the country for a, for a one night of a bachelor party, I'm going to localize it as well for you so you fully understand you fucking tick, right? <laughs> I'm going to try and complete, completely speak your language of American English, okay? If I were to tell you this fucked up Patty drove, you know, wet, I'm going to say, say how long, just let your imagination run riot, but across the country, technically, from east to west, just for one night of a piss up. What would you think of that? That's like going from, in your language, New York to California in for one night, you know? They'd be like, wow, this guy's an alcoholic, they would think. <laughs> but I'm not. But I'm very tired. Ah, that's how keen I was. Um, you can call me Roy because that's how keen I was to just have one night away <laughs> from the people that I chose to be with for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? This is the full thing that I chose. But for one night, away from all those people, the people, one one of which I wooed and I fell in love with and wooed to marry me and asked personally to spend the rest of my life with, right? So let's not forget that for a second. And then I said to that person, there's no resentment here, right? I'm just going to figure this out for a second. There's no resentment here, right? And then I said to that person, my partner, I said, look, now do you want to have two little sprogs, right? That mean that I just checked my wallet here for the responsibilities. A moth flew out. <laughs> so, because um, <laughs> I had no responsibilities. You know those no responsibilities? We, we checked, checked our balance and it was insufficient funds of responsibilities. Yeah, I want to be rich, <laughs> right? I want to be rich in responsibilities. I want to be like, I want to be like the a lottery winner, a Euro Millions jackpot winner of responsibilities, because we were having too much crack. Uh, can we? Can I have that? And she goes, "Yeah, okay, great." Um, can we get a house so I have to worry about losing it? Yes, she said. Right, and then I'm like, "I just need one night away from all the positive decisions that I've meticulously planned for myself," you know. <laughs> but it was great, you know. One night. One night, one night in heaven. Who's that, M people? What do you mean, M people? Is that M people? Um, M people. One night. Yep. It is. She's a great smile. You're one from M people. Lovely smile. Anyway, look, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, see if I get, did we get up to any rapscallion business? I brought a bag of wigs. Because it's always a better night with the bag of wigs. By the time I, I I misjudged when to bring out the bag of wigs, I brought out the bag of wigs kind of at the end, the very end. You need to be, you need to bring out the bag of wigs on the rise. I was bringing it out on the like post slump plateau of the night, you know, kind of an hour before cheesy tunes are coming on the radio and people are like, okay, I need to fucking leave. You know what I mean? It was about that. And that's when it, I brought the wigs out. Should have brought the wigs out when it's like, when people, when people have been making the same repetitive joke already twice and you're giddy from making the same repetitive joke, that's when you bring out the wigs, right? Just pre-plateau. But I'm out, I'm, out of, I'm out of the habit. You can call me Sister Mary Clarence in Sister Act 3 because I'm out of the habit, you know, of, um, of, of male company, <laughs> you know? Because there's a lot of that I want. We're responsibilities. I was just talking to you about that. Um, so I, I didn't time the wigs very well. But I love, I tell you, I love wearing a little short-haired man's wig i think it's the funniest thing in the world wearing a little hair hair wig because it's so unnatural to me long-haired man with a mane right i just find it so funny you guys just walk around with your short little fades i know i find you so funny i'd be laughing to myself just looking at your fades because it's so foreign to me a long-haired man 
you know. It's going to be a silly one. Anyway, I was in, um, I've just come from the hospital. Everything's fine. Although, you know, I should just sometimes just tag the hospital, put it on Instagram. Just to see if I was worried about me. You know what I mean? So you ever see people just posting their kind of like, um, I've seen some people. Now, look, things happen. I understand people get hurt, okay, or crazy accidents might happen or people might faint. But sometimes people are just going in for a routine something and they'll post the wrist, you know, with the hospital band. And they're like, guess this is my Monday. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, no, I was just like, I was just giving blood. You know what I mean? That's that's a level. Now, I'm an attention-seeking, I don't want to say whore, so I'm going to say sex worker, but it's not applicable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to stay woke when you want to say whore about yourself because uh, sex worker is not applicable. But I'm an attention sex worker for the sake of this, right? Uh, and I wouldn't be posting a picture of me with a wristband, you know, because whatever, routine thing, you know? People are thinking, oh, my God, are you in, like, what was it, car crash? Because you know how we think. You know how we think. It's the same way you think. That's why you put it up there. So, but look, it was fine. Routine thing, right? But um, it did mean I got left with the baby alone for a while, right? And the baby is <laughs> obsessed with Terry's tit, right? In fact, you know what I did? I made a real faux pas. I was chatting to one of the mothers in crash, right? And I don't know why, just me and Terry talk some way, and I realize that not everyone gets that sense of humor. But the little baby, my my daughter Indy, she was wrapped up in her little like onesie or little like pram suit, and her face was out, and I was and it was really windy and cold, right? And um, one of the mans walked by, and um, from the crash, and she goes, um, "Oh, lovely little thing." And we were chatting away, you know, and I was trying to, like, Terry's saying that I need to make more of an effort to kind of, like, befriend people in the crash. You know what I mean? They're like, these are going to be Sonny's friends going forward. So I'm like, all right, I need to make more of an effort. So I was chatting to some of the people outside the crash. I try it, you know. And anyway, so chatting to the mom, and she's like, oh, she's lovely. And um, she's got, you know, I love her little pram suit, you know, and her face was exposed. So she's like, oh, I'd say her face is, you know, those lovely little cheeks are probably quite cold. And... I was like, yeah, and I tell you, she's had a nice, she's had a nice warm boob in her face all day. I said, <laughs> this woman, this woman, strange, complete strange stranger, was like, ah, <laughs> and she just got in her car. Like, she didn't flee. Like, she was in the process of fleeing anyway. But it really felt like I was just like, I felt like a fucking weirdo anyway, just standing there outside a crash, you know. Um, and then I was like trying to make an effort, and she's like, I'd say her, you know. Her face might be a bit cold. I'm like, yeah, she's had a nice warm fucking tit in her head all day, essentially, is what I said. And she was like, oh, ha. okay, bye, you know. There was nothing for her to volley with that one, you know. What could she say? Even if she even if she was the crack, you know. She probably is. She seems like a nice woman. She's probably a great crack. But what's, you know, where do, what are you doing? Are you doing a knee or a, or a header to that volley about me bringing up a tit in the second thing I said to this woman, you know. <laughs> it's hard it's hard to keep that conversational heads and volleys going so uh, i don't blame her but i i you know so um but i, I do get nerd you know i'm some anyway we're in the hospital today and i'm holding the baby and um i mean the baby get on pretty well you know what i mean i haven't quite sized her up she hasn't quite sized me up we're kind of very civil with each other you know she looks at me and she's like Boobless, what's the fucking crack? When is uh, uh boob coming around? Um, I know you're, I know you know boob. You know, it's almost like me and Indy are like you know mutual friends of boob. 
and we're where we've met up for the first round. Do you know what I mean? And Boob still hasn't come, so we're like, Boob's mad, isn't she? Ah, oh my God, and we're like having a great chat about Boob, you know? Like, but do you remember when Boob popped out there? I'm like, it's great. You know, I used to kind of be better friends with Boob. I want to tell her, you know what I mean? Me and Boob don't really get together looking much these days, but I know, you know. And she's probably like now confiding in me, being like, I'm sure, you look, Boob's a boob sound, like Boob still talks about you, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know, does she, you know? <laughs> so we're kind of having this mutual conversation about Boob. Um... You know, so I get nervous then because sometimes she she's like, I've actually kind of had enough of this chat about boob. And if boob's not actually coming for pints, I don't really want to be around you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I get worried and I get anxious sometimes if I'm left with Indy for like a long period of time when, when Terry's not around. When Terry's inaccessible and the hospital is very inaccessible because they still have these kind of COVID rules where you have to kind of go in. So anyway, I'm there holding the baby. And I'm kind of like back, rocking back and forth. But luckily now, I have to say, she's super chill, right? Um, so we're kind of having a relaxed time walking around the hospital. Um, and this this woman come, came over to me, right? And she goes, um, "I love the way you're, I love the way you're holding her," right? She says, "I love the way you're holding her," and I was kind of holding her like a holding her like a fucking rugby ball. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't kind of holding her like hunched in, like um, you know, nuzzled in. She was kind of like. You know, Indy's facing out and kind of lying along my forearm, and I kind of just hold, holding, kind of supporting her, her head and her neck, you know, because um, she likes staring out. You know, she's seen enough of me. She's like, "Oh shit, you're not the tit, you're not boob." So can I just turn me around, please? And you know, we'll wait until she gets here. You know, it's kind of like her looking at her phone in the middle of the chat. You know, you can you just turn me around, actually. You know, so I'm holding her. She's facing out, and so this woman's like, "I, I love the way you're holding her," and I said, "Oh, thank you very much." And she's like, "Can you show me how you're holding her?" I was like, well, like, and she's like, no, can you like pick, you know, and I was like, oh, and I, I kind of I held her up to my chest and then showed where I kind of bring the arm around and then dip. And she's like, ah, oh, that's great. They won't see me, she says. And I'm like, what you mean? She goes, they won't see me. I'm in, I've been waiting in the waiting area now for hours and they're not going to see me. And I was like, oh, Jesus, like, why? You know, getting on very well with her at the stage. And she goes, um. They say what I have has got nothing to do with my baby. My belly button is infected. And they're telling me that's got nothing to do with my baby. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she goes, my belly button's infected. And they're telling me, they went to medical school, them clowns. They're telling me my belly button has nothing to do with my baby. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I didn't really know how much. I don't want to mansplain. The female, female biology to a female, <laughs> you know, to a woman, you know. I don't want to mansplain that. So I didn't know how far to correct. I was like, no, but no, but like, no. So, <laughs> no, but like, so your belly button was connected to your mammy, you know, and, um, but connected to her placenta. And so with your baby, your belly buttons was closed after you were born. They closed that in the same way that your baby's is closed now, you know. That's closed now, and there's nothing else. There's nothing else to be hanging from that, you know. And now your baby's belly button was connected to your placenta. <laughs> that you and I felt awkward saying this that you kind of already you gave birth to after they were born. Your 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 baby, you know, and that was all the nutrients and stuff. And she goes, "No, no, my belly button's connected to the whole belly button." And I was like, "No, no, like no, no, just connected to the placenta." And you probably remember that. Remember, like, she wasn't, she was internal. <laughs> like, do you remember she wasn't, like, externally? Remember, you didn't, like, externally carry her. 
Remember, she wasn't like just swinging around from your belly button like a fucking conquer, you know, walking around. Um, do you remember that? Like, <laughs> remember she was like inside, so she couldn't have been connected to your belly button because she was inside, you know. And she was thinking for a second, right? And this woman has been there for hours, <laughs> arguing with these doctors, you know. And then she thought, she said, oh, fuck them. I'm still going to fucking wait anyway. <laughs> and I was like, no, fair, fair fuck you. Persistence. Do you know what I mean? you got to be persistent in the world. But you want to cut them a break as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, um, I, you know, I was, I, was, I was really into her complimenting how I was holding the baby. Um, so I wanted to be very, very nice to her. But um, you'd feel for her not knowing, not remembering that the baby was inside, you know. But, I, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just have these thoughts. You know, my friend Emer one time. Um, growing up, we were like she was like nineteen, and she was like, "Why is what's the why is the moon? Like, is that kind of like a nighttime sun? You know?" And then you know, you explain. I had this recently, right? No, anyway, then you'd explain. No, you know the moon that they landed on. Yeah, that's that same moon. And she's like, "All right," you know what I mean. Sometimes it's just one missing link, and you know these things in isolation. Do you know what I mean? Like, here's one for you, right? Do you know Italy? Yeah, do you know Italy, right? <laughs> I only realized really like the scope of the influence of Italian culture on the world. Like I only realized that they're all Italy. Like let me explain. In kind of floating bubbles above my head, and I don't know if this is going to make sense. I don't know if any of this podcast today is going to make sense. But in kind of floating bubbles, I was aware of Italian film. I was aware of Italian uh, horror I was aware of Italian westerns. I was aware of the Italian composers of the music for those and how influential that is. I was aware of Italian fashion. I was aware of of, of uh, Italian music, disco, electro, classical, opera. I was aware of all these, right? I was aware of Italian food. I was aware of pizza. I was aware of pasta. I was aware of detailed aspects of that. Peasant food. I was aware of kind of... Uh, just Italian meats, Italian sausage, sauces, right? All these things as isolated bubbles floating around in my head. And then recently, I don't know what I was watching, but they all kind of converged. And I'm like, that's all Italy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's all Italy. Italy did all those things. Italy. I always thought Italy was like, I mean, I know, I know, like, I know Italy. I know Italy as a, as a world power. As, in some cases, a superpower, but also as a kind of, you know, as, but also, you know, like Sicily and, you know, peasant Italy, but also rich and Gucci Italy, <laughs> you know, like I'm a, I was aware of all this and it only just in the last two months dawned on me that I'm like, oh, fuck, I like really like Italy, <laughs> like I really like Italy, you know, and that's before you even get into the immigrants, you know, the emigrants rather, you know. The American Italians, the 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 the, the British Italians, the the fucking the, the Irish Italians, with the chippers here, and the calves over in London, you know the local restaurants in the states with the you know the red and white kind of checker tablecloth Italians, you know Sinatra, Rapac, crooners, you know, Coppola, Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino, <laughs> like it's all you know the like. Uh, Hollywood, like uh, Italy as an influence on on American art, and I just it just all clicked together that that is Italy, 
And that's before you even get into the fucking Romans, mate. So, um, I'm sorry I was like, kind of like, I do a lot of Italian voices, you know, and I was kind of taking the fucking piss for a while, but <laughs> I'm not going to stop because while you still can do Italian voices, I need to still do them. But I'll think twice about, you know, you know, my attitude of, as to why I'm doing them. I was taking the fucking piss before, you know, now, now none but respect, you know. I told you before, and because I, I brought it, I was talking to Jordan about him recently. I had this old manager in my stock room, Giorgio, angriest dude, angriest, most high pressure dude I ever met in my whole life, right? And he didn't like me very much because I was, in, I was in no good at my job. I was in no good at my job, Giorgio. Please, Maro, don't fire me. I'm in no good at my job. Please, my friend. <laughs> I got kids, man. Well, not like kids, but some of the club nights I go to are twenty pound, man. You know, like <laughs> I go, they're not cheap, man. Anyway, yeah, he didn't like me very much because I was moving shit around. I'd be moving shit around places a shithole, you know, because I was the stockroom manager. <laughs> it fucking hired me as a stockroom manager. I don't even think I had my shoes on the right feet when I went in for the interview. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. And he's like, uh, and I tell you what, and we had this guy, right? And he, anyway, he would get wound up because he'd always say stuff like, um, he's like, Tony, Tony, you're moving shit around, man. I'm not a fucking mound reader, man. <laughs> I'm not a mound reader. You move the fucking Havianas, man. We're the fucking Havianas. <laughs> you know? He'd say this all the time. And um, and it was a kid. Uh, I, I think I brought this up before, but we had this guy come in one time when I was, I was a stockroom manager, a.k.a. the only person who worked in the stockroom. Um, and they brought someone in just to kind of help because they were like, all right, look, we need someone just to come in for two weeks because this place is a shithole. So you just tell them what to do. And I was like, I need more hands down there. Or, you know, I know I'm coming in late and I know I'm leaving early and I know I'm not really working much while I'm here, but I need help, you know? And the first thing you do is ask for help. So they've got this guy, right? This guy was a pilot. He was a trained pilot. I think he was like about to start work in two weeks time. For British Airways, right? <laughs> like a proper pilot pilot, right? And he was such a go-getter. <laughs> go-getter, who am I? Big swinging cat, right? He was such a go-getter, man, that he didn't want to sit on his arse for two weeks unpaid, doing anything, regardless of the fact that he probably had a bit of money and he was about to become a pilot. He was like, I'm not sitting in my hoop, so I'll get a job in a stockroom for two weeks. This is the sort of guy we're talking about, right? Anyway, he's brought in as my junior, right? <laughs> and I'm showing them the ropes first day. I'm like, yeah, so we open this box of shoes, and then we put them in. And I found that if the bay for, like, the vans fills up, I just shove them in anywhere, you know? And say if, like, Converse Bay is kind of filled up, you can kind of mash it in. The box will break. And he's like, well, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Um, so, like, what if you just, what if you moved all the spaces together and you just kept, like, one little shelf empty on each bay so that if you had to move stuff around, you could kind of, like, Put all those at the back. And he was like, show me where I can find all this space. And I'm like, here, man, it's your fucking funeral, man. George is going to flip the lid. You waste your time doing something like that, right? Anyway, that day, he found me essentially a whole room of space. <laughs> you know, and he found all the space. And he had bays at the end and empty shelves. And he was only there for two weeks. And it was honestly like the end of the E.T. when he left. I'm like, please don't go. <laughs> please, you know. Uh, stay. Stay. I'll be right here. And he pointed at the sky because he's a pilot. <laughs> but how did I get onto that? Yeah, also, I've got the inside scoop because um, 
Dancing with the Stars is Kevin McGarren was telling me he's got a sharing a studio with an Italian. And he says this Italian loves when he does an Italian voice. So if that's the case, <laughs> then, the then the gloves are off. Then the gloves are off. Um, yeah, but Italy's great. I had a similar epiphany with Japan, you know, when I started realizing, oh, I love Akira <laughs> and Final Fantasy Seven. They're all related, you know. So just, you know, look up. Do you know what I mean? Look up from your fucking book once in a while and realize that countries do a lot. I'm sure there's a little yank over there realizing that. Oh, Banshees of Inish Aaron. Oh, my God, they're all Irish. Oh, my God, loads of stuff I like is Irish, you know. Oh, my God, are you telling me the Kimberly biscuits I've been eating as well as uh, Sinead O'Connor I've been listening to and the the pints of, uh, of Beamish I've been drinking are all Irish? I was thinking our Dublin needs like a Paddington. You know, not station. Well, that would be cool as well. That'd be nice if we had a good train station as well. But I uh, know, like the bear. I do like those movies. My dad got my young flip, uh, the Paddington anthology, and he loves it. He loves reading about Paddington. And you know what? <laughs> They're actually funny. <laughs> That's the thing about Paddington is, yeah, it's actually funny for the kids and the adults alike. We'd be creasing ourselves laughing at what Paddington's up to. Um, no, they're adorable little books, and Paddington's got a great outlook on life, you know? Um, but, like, essentially, they're just, you know, they're just, like, tour guides for London, essentially. Paddington going to various places, you know. It's essentially, like, Paddington on a red bus tour, you know. He's going to, like, the Tower. Like, one of the whole stories is, like, him going to the Tower of London. Another one is another palace. Hampton Court is a whole story. He goes to Hampton Court. Not interested, you know. Buckingham Palace, also not interested. My uncle is like, why? Who is the queen? I'm like, don't ever ask me that question again. You know what I mean? I'm trying to hide Jesus from him, let alone this obsession with the queen, of course. So anyway, um, I think we need one. I think we need a little pigeon. I need Connolly instead of Paddington, right? A little gamioid pigeon with one leg, Connolly, that gets brought around, that gets adopted by a rich family, uh, picked up in Connolly Station, you know? Connolly goes to the RDS Simmons Court, <laughs> you know? Conley couldn't believe his luck. The Murphy family were going to take him to the RDS Simmons Court to see the Leinster Lions take on Rassing 92. <laughs> Conley, how many tries do you think Leinster are going to score? Do you think we're going to get the bonus point? <laughs> Said Conley, while gnawing at his one good leg trying to find a flea. You know? Oh, Conley. <laughs> Connolly scares away bathers of the 40 foot <laughs> Connolly visits Bono Hey Connolly, do you want to get on this track? <laughs> oh nice, Larry Mullins Jr. Get a beat on that <laughs> You know No war No <laughs> Um, you know, so there's a lot there's a lot to be said for having our own. Dustin kinda would have been one, you know. Um but I feel like he kinda got let down. Zig and Zag and amazing comics. Dustin kinda got left in the wind a little bit there. Dustin should have been there should have been Dustin goes to this, Dustin goes to that. Um big, 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 big merch um opportunity there with Dustin that was not fully realized. Right, I'm gonna tell you my joke, right? Um I've picked a random word from chat GPT. I said, can I have a one random noun? Now, this is the thing. I'm, I'm fighting ChatGPT every week for the best joke. Sometimes it might win. Most of the, I have been winning. 
right? Um, listen to my Patreon episode where I gave five jokes, and I w- I'm pretty sure I won five nil against ChatGPT for how funny these jokes were, right? Anyway, I have even asked ChatGPT to give me a random noun, playing to his court, his RDS Simmons court, right? And ChatGPT, or they, sorry, there's no, whoa, my God, there's no need to be putting a gender on an AI, right? So they, uh, I'm playing to their court, right? And so they have given me the word keyboard, okay? And my two-minute joke, because that's all I'll give myself to write this joke, <laughs> is this. Do you hear about that bloody keyboard that uh, had to resign after the Mahan Tribunal? Yeah, his name was Courtier Ahern. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is this is just me in the middle of the night now. I'm tired now. That's awful. But can ChatGPT? Sometimes you got to play, do a low ball, just to see if ChatGPT can still will still lose. Do you know what I mean? Are we at any risk from this AI taking my job as one of Ireland's greatest comedians? <laughs> um, what do you got for me, ChatGPT? A joke about keyboard. Okay. Um, why was the computer cold? Because it left its windows open. Fuck! Shit, please don't sack me. Please, Giorgio, Giorgio, man, please don't... ChatGPT, please don't sack me, mate. Please, I need this job so bad. I know I haven't done a lot recently to deserve it. <laughs> That's not true. There's loads going on. In fact, I got a couple of things to plug for you right here. I'm going to seamlessly transition into this. You know, G-U-T-F. This Friday, the final episode of season one. Sorry, it's taken me a long time to edit. Well, actually, it's taken me a long time to get the footage for it, but that doesn't matter. It's edited. It's coming out, and it's coming out on Friday. Um, to coincide with the fact that we're doing two live, GUTF. If you're not aware what GUTF is, a.k.a. Get Up the Fuck, it is a uh, morning uh, magazine show, a, a joke show, with me, Shane Daniel Byrne, and a heap of the funniest heads in the world, including Michael Fry. Gillian Sunderman, Martin Angolo, Emma Dorn, Justine Stafford, Peter McGann, as well as a heap of other people who didn't feature in season one. Um, they're all going to be there on the 17th of February in the Mermaid Theatre in Bray, uh, as well as then following 22nd in um, the Liberty Hall Theatre in Dublin, mate. And it's going to be a really fun time. Also, it's sold out, but if you happen to get a ticket that's on the cancellation list um, on the 2nd of February is it the 2nd? I fucked this up last time yes it is uh, Thursday the 2nd of February we're having the Tonys 2023 where we're celebrating the year 2022 um, and going through all the categories and picking the best bits from 2022 it's a recap of 2022 show um, in the form of an awards show for 2023 as well as that Mata Shin on the 14th of February, do you have any Valentine's plan? Do you want to come watch me and Kevin McGarren and Justine Stafford watch uh, Moulin Rouge live in the Omniplex in Rap Mines? Well, there's tickets available for that on Omniplex's website. Um, and then after that, I don't fucking know what's going on, but I'll tell you what we are going to do. <laughs> I do actually know what's going on. Um, there will be another Bureau de Change song contest kicking off in June. That's when me and a lot of the people I just mentioned uh, come together and do a live fake Eurovision song um, for your pleasure. We have um, a new venue this year, but we also have a live <laughs> watch-along Eurovision where we're going to be watching the Eurovision live. as a separate event 
So the Bureau de Shine is where we all pick a country and we do a fake song and it's a great show and it's been sell out the two times we've done it so far and really really popular um, this other thing is a live watch along I'm finally getting to live my Graham Norton Terry Wogan fantasy watching the Euro- the, the actual Eurovision live and doing the talky bits in between for your pleasure with a heap of guests with a bar in a great venue so if you want to watch the Eurovision in front of a big crowd and have a bunch of people talk in the in-betweeny bits that aren't going to interrupt the flow of anything, but you also get to enjoy the Eurovision, well, that's happening too, and tickets are going to be available for that very soon. And the priority tickets for the Eurovision thing, not the Bureau de Change thing, but the Eurovision thing, are going to be available to patrons of my Patreon page, which, if you like this podcast, and you don't want to go to any of that shit I said anyway, I mean, if you do, you get early bird tickets for all those things, but if you don't want to go to any of those things, but you just enjoy this podcast, and you'd like to throw me a few bump for that, you know, you can do that over on patreon.com forward slash Tony Cantwell, where for the price of a pint a month, you can get early bird access to any gig that I put on myself, that'll be live podcasts, that will be this watch-along Eurovision party, maybe some other future watch-alongs that maybe don't happen in the Omniplex, things like that. Um, they will happen, including, I'm hoping, uh, a live 420 watch along of Reefer Madness that we're going to be doing at some point, myself and Kevin McGarner. So if you're interested in, the, in that, you want to get early bird tickets for that, uh, you can do so over on my Patreon, but also ignoring that. If you actually just like the show and you want to listen to more of it, there's an extra podcast every single Friday, the bonus Cantwell shit show, um, which is as long, if not longer, than this pod, and that comes out every Friday. So look, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for putting up all the plugs. Thanks very much to the sponsor now, where you can catch the last of us, and I've been really enjoying watching it. Thanks very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you.